Welcome to the Life's Better Podcast. Today's episode is going to be talking about Easter. Um, we're not going to be talking about the normal Easter, hey, what do we like about it? Mm-hmm. What have we experienced mm-hmm. in the past? We're actually going to be looking at some controversial topics. But one of the topics that you may be thinking about, particularly those of you who are joining us on our YouTube channel, you're probably like, where are these dudes? Yeah, right? So we we have been working. I shouldn't say we. Josh has been working on a new studio for months now. <laughs> yeah, and no. so this is what... No, no, no. We're actually in a borrowed studio. There's some hammering and noise where we normally record. And so we're here and it's really nice. And we're just looking around with a lot of envy. Yeah, and, thank you, Levi. <laughs> and Josh has ideas for our own Yeah, you know, no, no improvements. Kidding. We'll see if we can recreate something like this. <laughs> Josh is going to work on that one, and I will <laughs> cheer him on as he does. So one of the topics that we're going to look at, in fact, I'll just share all four of the questions that we're going to be addressing. One of the questions is, is Easter a pagan holiday? Second question is, how did the bunny and eggs get into the mix? <laughs> yeah. We're also going to be talking about why the resurrection is important, because it is. And then the fourth question that we're going to look at is, should Christians even celebrate Easter? Mm. Now, I don't know where you land on those four questions. Normally, we'd kind of do some introduction to these topics. I genuinely thought about, hey, is there a fun game where we could try to stuff as many, you know, Cadbury Easter eggs yeah. or, you know, marshmallow Chubby bunny, like that. Yeah, yeah. And then I started thinking, we, we're going to be in a borrowed studio. And if Josh barfs all over the place, that would not be good. Probably, so Probably a good call. We're going to jump. I didn't barf eating those white northern beans raw like. which were good actually they were they were quite delicious <laughs> and that is a reference all the way back to our thanksgiving episode yeah, I believe. yeah 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 but today today what we're going to do is we're just going to tackle each one of these we're going to jump right into the content and so let's ask the first question is easter a pagan holiday now mm. for me josh this all started to become a thing when i was really probably a kid i i started hearing easter well, no, Easter was a thing <laughs> no, since, you know, I was old enough to, to be cognizant of yeah. you know, what my parents yeah. were up to. But when I was a kid, I had heard at least people talking about how Easter has some of its origins, mm. you know, within, you know, these, these pagan spring holidays. Yeah. And so you got to be careful as a Christian. I'm curious, when did this first come on your radar and what were some of the things that you were hearing? I think that it came around the same time that I had heard that Christmas mm-hmm. like has some origins there and like uh, I think it was there was like it's not, not necessarily in my history class but like uh, from teachers that I talked to about like my my beliefs and stuff and they were even Christian they were like yeah like Christianity would sometimes take them and try to change them so that we can like celebrate them with the people around us like yeah. I, I, I don't know if like there's truth in that or not almost kind of like a missionary experience like hey you've got your cultural experiences let's go ahead and mix a little bit so you can we Mm -hmm. can draw you into the christian experience yeah Yeah. and i I definitely heard it more about christmas than easter okay makes sense but like i yeah i definitely heard easter's kind of just thrown in there yeah it's like oh it's also one of these holidays yeah i know i don't know where you landed on it when you were a kid hearing these things i know for me it was one of those yeah but the resurrection happened, and I and I think we should probably be celebrating the resurrection of Christ. So it's probably not that big of a deal. Now, just because I had that thought as a kid doesn't necessarily make it right. And so what we're going to do is we're just going to kind of do. Uh, I'll explain a little bit on the other side, the other argument that people have, mm. and then we're going to look at well, what does history actually say? So on the other side of the argument, what you're going to hear if you start to research this, you're going to hear about this 
this goddess named Istros. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name right, but she shows up on the scene, ancient, you know, pagan goddess of the spring, you know, new birth, kind of the, the whole uh, fertility goddess thing. And guess what? She's got this really big celebration around spring. And because her name sounds an awful lot like Easter, what do you think that holiday is called? Mm, Easter. Easter, yeah. And it's the Saxon uh, goddess of the spring. So if we have, as a church, kind of mixed or borrowed or hijacked some other holiday, the argument goes, well, we should probably stay away from some sort of mm. pagan holiday. That's, that's the, the line. I'm oversimplifying it, yeah. but that's basically the, the argument. So I went ahead and did some research to see, okay, is this, what, like, on a history basis, like, what does it actually say? What does history say about this Greek goddess and whether or not we should be using the name Easter or even celebrating it? Uh, I was really surprised by this one. As okay. I started digging deep into it, first of all, you're going to get all kinds of information for people that feel very strongly on, on both sides of this. Mm -hmm. uh, but as you go a little bit deeper, what I found really interesting was that this goddess actually is not written about. There's no record of her uh, in pagan writings at all. Uh, she doesn't show up on the scene until the 8th century when a Christian by the name of Bed wrote about her in one of his books. Mm. And he, again, historians kind of debate this one, but because there is no evidence before and no one really talks about her after in any writings, uh, people debate whether or not he just made her up. Wow. We don't know that for sure, wow. yeah. but it's one of those gray areas in history. Yeah. Then she gets started, uh, she gets to be written about again in 1835. Uh, Actually, a guy by the name of Jacob Grimm starts reading some of Bed's writing and grabs on to the idea. And you may actually even recognize the name Grimm. Are you familiar with Grimm's fairy tales? Grimm's fairy tales, yeah. So Jacob was one of the two brothers who wrote Grimm's fairy tale. So he mm -hmm. has an interest in these things. And so what he does is he reads um, Bed's information and he tries to link her, this goddess of spring, to German deities and changes her name actually to Austria. Grimm later admits, though, that he could find no link between Istrios, this goddess of spring, and the celebration of Easter. Uh, digging a little bit deeper, um, there was a, an article written by Stephen Winnick. He's a researcher for Folk Life Today. Didn't know that existed, but mm. it does. Uh, and this is what he has to say. Again, this is one of those individuals that's not a Christian, not a pagan. He's just saying, hey, this is what history is communicating to us. He says, as for Istria, this goddess, there is no evidence of her worship except in Bed's book and possibly in place names, which could have been just references to East, not actually her as a goddess. Mm -hmm. Surprised by any of this, Josh? I, you know... I was when you first told me. I, I was a little. This is the second time we talked about it. Yeah, but like I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm baffled that somebody would potentially have just made this up to like make this argument. If that makes sense, and, and it's quite possible that it was one of those regional things that, as he was looking mm. into, you know, some pagan practices that were taking place in England, that maybe it was a, uh, a regional thing that he heard about, and so. He starts linking, you know, hey, what's this? And he writes about it. Mm -hmm. But the fact that there's, like, no historical writing about her before him, mm -hmm. it's a little puzzling to me. Yeah, I think, 
don't know, because this, this is a later argument, like, should we celebrate Easter or not? Like, you got to ask yourself, is this a holiday that people who are trying to celebrate evil are using to celebrate evil? Like, is that actually even happening? Right, right. And if the answer is no, some we can't even find any record of people doing this, then, like... It, again, if you go <laughs> online and you start looking, there are certain... Uh, pagan people who are like, yeah, you know, Christians are crazy. They should be <laughs> celebrating her still. It's like, okay, yeah, but do you know the origins? Mm. Uh, and again, this is this is my research. Yeah. I'm sure there are other people out there like, well, have you read this and have you read that? But based on what I've found, this is what history is telling us. Mm -hmm. That being said, the question may become like, okay, then where the heck did we get the name Easter? Mm -hmm. Because if it didn't come from her, where did it come from? And a lot of historians believe it just came from the word East because mm -hmm. the sun rises in the East. Yeah, yeah. And it has this whole image of new beginnings, mm -hmm. light conquering darkness, a lot of resurrection themes surrounding that. Uh, now, again, that's one of those gray debated uh, topics, but that's certainly where a lot of people end up finding them. Yeah. That being said, too, I think there is an argument to at least uh, to explore having to do with, okay, but what about other pagan spring mm -hmm. celebrations? And has the church, you know, kind of borrowed and maybe mixed and hijacked Certainly, there are the list of pagan holidays in the spring is really, really long. I'll just mm -hmm. do a quick short list. Uh, the day of Bahad, this is actually Babylonian. Dark Mother's Day is Indian. Uh, the Feast of Artemis and Diana, we probably recognize those names, Greek and Roman. Uh, Odin's Day, these are all spring celebrations. Mm -hmm. So the question then becomes, well, if it happens to land on the celebration of Christ's resurrection, is Christ's resurrection's you know, the celebration of that, is that compromise in some way? I don't believe so. And the way I think through it is, well, my brother and sister-in-law, they chose to be married on July 14th. Does that make them French patriots? You're probably like, what are you even, what are you even driving at? <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. Because July 14th happens to be Bastille Day, which is pretty much French independence, or at least where they kind of have their 4th of July type of celebration. Just because it lands on the same date or is around the same time doesn't necessarily create a link that I think would compromise yeah. the celebration of Easter. I I loved uh, some study on this when I was in college too uh, because a very, very common thing with missionaries when you're in a new culture is to point towards Christ in what they see, right? Like Jesus did that with, right. with everything. Uh, I think bread a, of life. Right? The, yeah. A really good example of this is Paul uh, does this with a the the uh, idol of the unknown god, right? Yes. Like he he points towards this and he's like, this is who you should be worshiping, right? Yeah. Like Paul's not wrong there, like, but I could definitely see um, Christians like missionaries being like, oh, you want to celebrate like new life, and new beginnings in the spring. Jesus literally comes back from the grave. Like, Let me take you from where you're at mm -hmm. to where you need to go. Exactly. Yeah. And I can definitely, definitely see how that connection could be made, how I would even do that. Sure. If, you're, if these people are celebrating new life, it's like, let me tell you about a person who experienced new life after that. That's good. That. That's good. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, Josh, 
You're going to take question number two, yeah. which is how in the world did <laughs> bunnies and eggs and all that chocolate get into the mix? Yeah, so we're not going to go too far into like what you had already shared, which is definitely part of like the research of behind, uh, which similar answer, we're not entirely sure. There's mm -hmm. like a multitude of different answers that you can find if you do research on this of why bunnies, why chocolates, like all of these different things. Um, one of which is like the belief is, okay, well, if this this goddess is about new life or these these celebrations that are pagan is about new life, um, bunnies represent or are, are often a symbol of birth, of new life, of yeah. all these different things. And so, boom, you got bunnies <laughs> in the mix. Uh, but one of my favorite parts of, of this was uh, actually a Christian like, cr tradition, which comes from like... Uh, the Middle Ages, like okay. really, really old uh, uh, Christians, where they, during the Lent season, uh -huh. would have to give up eggs. And so eggs on, like, the day of Easter would be celebrated as a treat that you could get. Finally, I yeah, give you my yeah. eggs. Right, again. like, so, yeah. like, eggs are a treat. Now, that does not explain, like, the hiding of <laughs> them. Uh, that comes more uh, from, like, the 1700s, uh, 1800s when German immigrants were coming to America yes. uh, and they would have this like celebration of, of eggs like type of thing and then they I I, I want to joke really quick I, mean, I want to paraphrase like say this as a joke uh, but I had a buddy of mine who is not Christian kind of try to explain this to me recently where he said that you know when Jesus came out of the tomb uh, he wanted a nice way, like he was he was a scary ghost, right? And so he wanted a nice way to like it, reintroduce himself to children. And so uh, he decided to bring them chocolates. But uh, obviously, as he was heading his way towards the, the children, uh, he had holes in his hands. So all the eggs fell through the holes and they were hidden. And so the kids had to go find the eggs. Uh, that, that is obviously not the origins <laughs> at all of why we have hiding eggs as a, as a tradition. But like, I don't know. Like, I like to think that some young, like, uh, cool, hip youth pastor like me uh, was trying to make, like, eggs cool to teenagers and children. And he's like, you know what? I have this cool idea. We're going to go hide them outside. Right. Like, and it was such a hit. Like, yeah. now the world is now all the about world it. Or at least the United States. Yeah. I hate that the first few answers to these two questions is we're not sure. Mm. But that... There's so much like mystery and so many claims, right? Yeah. Of this is the origin, right. but like, I mean, it's just like anything, right? Like, why do we hang stockings up on Christmas? There's a million people who claim that we're the first people who did it. Yeah. It's like we probably weren't, right. you know. Yeah. It's just, it's just the thing. Who um, invented the hamburger? Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. We got like six different people, <laughs> in six different states that are all saying, "Oh, it was us." Yeah. Yeah. Now the third question, though. Yeah, which is? Uh, the third question is, why is the resurrection important, right? Yeah. Like that, that that specifically? This is a good one. Uh, this one, we, we aren't going to say uh, we're, we're not sure. We have an actual definitive answer. And I'm going to point towards specifically the gospel to help uh, us understand this better. Uh, because I think we were having this conversation on the way over here. Um, a lot of us get preached the resurrection is important. And we kind of just take that, right? Like, mm -hmm. I, like especially when you're a kid, that's not what matters. It's like, oh. The resurrection is important. I believe that Jesus came back to life. That's important for me. Mm. Uh, and that's enough. And sometimes that's a good faith to have. But, like, sometimes we want to know why. Uh, and so if, if you're inquisitive, if you're the type of person that's like, I just don't know how, like, this dude coming back to life is really important to my faith, 
here's here's a couple of verses to help you out. Uh, so we're going to begin in not Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes. We're going to begin in First Corinthians, uh, in specifically chapter fifteen, uh, and this is uh, Paul writing about the the burial uh, and the resurrection of Christ. And we actually get him referencing a verse from I, uh, Hosea, actually, not Isaiah. But he says, uh, in, starting in verse 54, When the perishable have been clothed with the, Im clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And we could go through a whole bunch of verses. In fact, I overprepared. We could have gone through a whole bunch leading us all to this point. But it kind of 56 and 57 blatantly say that the, the price of sin is death. Uh, and so all of us have sinned. We all have fallen short. Um, we all are going to experience not only like physical death, but death of our souls because we are going to be eternally separated from Christ because of that sin in our life. But Jesus died as that perfect sacrifice for us, the lamb that uh, that was preached in the Old Testament as this is how you get uh, victory from your sin, but then we would do it again. We would need another sacrifice and another sacrifice. Well, Jesus comes on the scene, and not only is he a perfect lamb that did not sin, dies in our place for all of the earth, but then he also defeats the punishment of sin, which is death. And he comes back to life and he declares, like that declares not only his divinity, yeah. but also it declares that he is more powerful than the punishment that you and I can, can receive because of our sin. So not only is our sins defeated, but even the punishment of sin yeah. is defeated in his resurrection. It says, but thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I wanted to just just give you more confidence uh, in that. Romans 6 really speaks on this. Uh, he uh, Paul says again, Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. And in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. So just just more and more of that right like that not only is sin not going to have mastery over us anymore we can we can stop like we have power to say no to that mm -hmm. part of us now but the the punishment that you and i had spoken over us from basically the moment we entered this world because we could not live this perfect life mm -hmm. uh is no more it, it can it has no power over us um and then <laughs> we're going to get into a little bit of, of something that I really like to discuss, but we're not going to spend too much time on it. Uh, but in Revelations 5, there's a specific verse that if you're if you're new to Christianity, like I don't recommend Revelations. I think that's like a later, like you're, you've, you've, you've read some of this early stuff. Uh, but there is really good stuff in there. Um, and, and John, who writes Revelations, is seeing... Uh, basically what is to come. Um, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and turn there really quickly. But essentially what we get in Revelations 5 is this picture of um, the this scroll that is being held by God at, at his throne. 
um, and it and it's a scroll that is completely sealed and we I'm not gonna read all the verses but it basically says there's absolutely no way for anyone to open this scroll um, there's there's no one worthy uh, to do so and it says I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll but no one in heaven on our earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside of it and it says that John wept and wept because he could not find somebody uh, they could not find somebody to open the scroll and then it says that one of the elders said to him do not weep see the lion of the tribe of Judah the root of David has triumphed he is able to open the scroll and its seven seal. So we, we hear about the line of the tribe of Judah. And then it says that I saw a lamb looking as if, if it had been slain. Who is that? Obviously Jesus. Right? Oh, I thought you were going to say the Easter Bunny. Wow. <laughs> no, so no, glad. no. So Obviously Jesus. Up. And it says that he comes and he takes the scroll uh, from the hand of God. And it says um, that all the saints joined in. And singing this song, it says, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign forever and ever. And it says, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. We read later that that scroll, as it's being opened by Jesus, represents the ending of the the world um which is scary but at the same time we we know okay what, what have we already established that jesus when he died he forgave our sins or he took our sins on him not only when he died but when he came back to life he defeats death that that punishment for us but then we're still in this cycle of people being born going into sin, needing that forgiveness, coming to Jesus, all of that's great, but sin is still in existence. You and I can sin. As long as this world is still a thing, sin is still in existence. He has not completely defeated everything. And that's why John was weeping. Is that there was no one to open the seals to end like suffering once and for all. And Jesus, because of him being slain, because he was that perfect lamb, comes, takes that seal, and starts the end of time for which is actually for all of us who are in Christ a beautiful moment because now sin has no more power at all mm -hmm. uh, suffering will no longer be death will no longer be after Jesus brings this to an end and so uh, hopefully that helps explain why the resurrection is important but I think that last part is is actually really important uh, because because he came back because he conquered because he he won he's gonna eventually end sin once and for all um and i i love that so hopefully i didn't take too much time no, to that's good that. i i think uh we're going to ask the band to come forward <laughs> we'll take offering in just a moment but yes yeah, so if you want to give your life <laughs> there it is, there it is. <laughs> type it in the comments i got a little preachy i'm sorry <laughs> no 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 that was good thank you that was very thorough i, I appreciate that all right, so here's the last question. Yeah. The question is, should Christians celebrate Easter? I'm going to read a couple of verses just to get us in kind of the, the, the mindset on this one. So in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. Through what? The resurrection of Jesus Christ mm. from the dead. I'll read one more. Acts 4, 33. It says, With great power... The apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, uh, mm. Lord Jesus Christ. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. 
And so we have an event that has happened. Mm -hmm. The resurrection has happened. And the hope is that Christians are celebrating that not just once a year. Yeah. The hope is that we are celebrating that as often as we think about it. So the question then becomes, well, is it okay to put it on the calendar then? Mm -hmm. Like, is it okay to put it on a, you know, specific time that we all gather and just make it a yearly tradition? Yeah. And what's interesting with this, again, I'm just looking at history. Going back to the second century, we have documentation that the early church was already doing that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's well before anyone started talking about, you know, Estrus or whatever her name is and, you know, these goddesses. Uh, and they were practicing this probably even before it got documented. Mm. And so we've got this rich tradition of the church gathering right around that Passover time and, and celebrating what Christ did. And so with that in mind, though, is there, if, if we could just kind of get that pagan holiday argument off the table just for a moment, can you think of other reasons, though, that it's like, yeah, but it's just a little weird, you know, that we are making maybe Easter something that maybe Christ wouldn't necessarily even be super excited about. I think that the question is, for me, it's not should we celebrate it, it's yeah. how are we celebrating Good it. Call. Um, because if you're, I mean, it's it's entirely possible for us as Christians to get to Easter and, and just like Christmas, completely sure. miss the point. Yeah. Um, and I think that a big, big part of it is, is are you putting in the effort to get your kids and get your family to church on Easter? Yeah. And are you making that a focal point for that day? Um, and if you're not, then maybe you need to reevaluate it. That's at least for me. Yeah, so culturally, it sounds like culturally, if you're celebrating it just for the chocolate, mm -hmm. just for, hey, we get together as a family, which there's nothing wrong with getting together as a family or extended family. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're making it all about finding the money egg, money egg that's hidden somewhere in the yard then maybe maybe you need to reevaluate how you celebrate mm -hmm. the resurrection of Christ. Uh, I know for me, too, on another uh, side, I didn't really feel this until getting into ministry, but sometimes as a church, we build Easter up so much, it almost mm. feels like this production. Mm. It's the Super Bowl for Christians, and a lot of energy, and I'm fine with the energy being... Hey, maybe maybe some people are open to hearing the good news of, of Christ. And so let's go ahead and make sure that we're presenting that well. But then there's this whole other side of let's just be so attractional that people will come back the next Sunday. And it's like, well, you know what? If they haven't been here all year long <laughs> and they show up once, they're probably not gonna be like, Yeah, you yeah. have that cool fog machine. And so I'm coming back next week. And I don't know what God does with all those things, but I think sometimes we over produce i guess mm. production wise that sunday experience and just like you were saying maybe we're missing the how we're supposed to be celebrating it i've definitely even made that joke like the one time that i've preached on easter it was in the middle of our uh, our pastor search yeah. and uh like i obviously there was a lot of new people so i introduced myself like i'm i'm josh doolin i'm the youth pastor and i know that sounds a lot like putting your backup quarterback in for the super bowl <laughs> but it worked for the eagles that year so like it should, might maybe it'll work for <laughs> was me was it that year it was that same That's year which great. is funny uh but like at the same time though uh because i i hear that argument yeah. i just want to i just want to make like a quick case for like why it's important um because and you, I've heard you say this multiple times, 
there are some people who might not ever step in your church for an entire year or ever again, and they're in there for some reason that day just draws them into the church. And it's like, okay, sure, we don't want to put too much emphasis on this one day a year on the resurrection, and are we guilty of that? Probably. But at the same time, imagine getting people who haven't heard the gospel preached ever. Like, there's a responsibility for that day to be different. Uh, For that day to look a little bit different than being in the middle of a series Mm -hmm. or being... Uh, like uh, deciding to preach about like something that would be more for your core group. Yeah. Like I, I think I, I, it's not our fault that they they want to be there. Like I honestly think that's partly God. Like God's made this holiday more than just a Christian celebrated thing, and He's using that for His glory. Like sure. a lot of people, priesters, right? Like the the people who come on Christmas and Easter only yeah. just naturally gravitate i guarantee you that's not satan like satan doesn't want us don't want them in the doors <laughs> it, it's interesting i hadn't really thought through it until i mean i knew about it but it, it comes mm. to my mind we would do as a youth this big easter mm. event and i had a student that would only come to that event and sure enough after coming a few times to that event she started coming regularly mm. gave her life to christ awesome ended up becoming a key leader in the youth ministry is still a committed follower of christ and had we not done like some easter celebrating yeah. things chances are that may not have happened yeah yeah uh there are a few verses in the bible as you're wrestling through these questions i think that might help you colossians two sixteen. 1 Corinthians 10, 23 through 33, and I think pretty much the entire chapter of Romans uh, 14 really help you kind of discern whether or not this is something that as Christians we should emphasize and, you know, pagan holiday this and and whatnot. I'm with you, Josh. If there is something that for whatever reason is going to draw people in our culture to the good news of Jesus I don't have any problem putting a little energy behind mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And so I would say, yeah, let's let's go ahead and have a celebration. Uh, you're going to have to go and wrestle through that with your own family and your own choices. But hopefully as we look at some of these more controversial topics, you've got a better handle on them. Maybe you're just really angry at us. Who knows? <laughs> That's okay if you are. Um, we are going to be celebrating Christ's resurrection as often as we can, hopefully Absolutely. every single day. And uh, we hope you guys have a wonderful week and wonderful month. And we'll see you next month. See you guys.